wow, we have a lot of people in here. And there's definitely some new faces. Um, now, if you, you know, haven't been here, uh, we do something a little different on the first Sunday of the month. This is our kind of our family Sunday. So, you know, we're church family. We love each other, and we like to celebrate each other. And one of those ways is to sing happy birthday. So how many February birthdays are there in here? We got one. We got Joey. All right, Tyler. All right. So, and anybody online, you can raise your hand. You know, we're thinking of you. So, um, you know, in this fashion, we will just sing together. We won't hear my voice. So all of us together, as one, uh, let's sing happy birthday, all right? Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, you Februaries. Um, and now this time, uh, kids, it's time to be dismissed, so you can head to the back uh, door for Kingdom Kids. There they go. Now, as part of our uh, Family Sunday, you know, there is, and obviously there's a lot of new people here, we want to give you guys ways to connect. So we have a few ways of doing that. One is our welcome card. Uh, there, there's some up here. There's a couple in the back on your way out on the little, inside the little box. Uh, this, you would just kind of fill out your information uh, about you and, again, way for us to connect with you. Another way is the church app. Obviously, it, it would, you know, it's on your phone. It's mobile. It's another good way to even hear you know, messages that we've you know, had in the past. You can see events that are coming up. Um, and, again, you can be on our church email list, again, so you can have updates, things that are happening here at the well uh, and things like that. So... Be sure to get these if you want to fill them out on your way out, um, and you can just drop them off in the actual box uh, there uh, if, when you guys leave. Um, and now, I think Betty has an announcement for us. Good morning. I just want to share with you about Bible study. If any of you have not in Bible study now, I would love to have you come join us. Tomorrow we are just be, we are going to be studying. This little tiny book that has got so much in it, and it's just asking God, it's saying yes to Jesus, and it is just a wonderful book. So that's what we're doing tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the Commons, and then on the 14th, we will be studying the book, Learning to Live and Love Like Jesus, and I've gone through the first two chapters, and I just love it. So we would love to have all of you, anyone that's not in Bible study, please come join us. Good morning, everybody. I am here to invite you. Uh, This Saturday at 10 o'clock, we're going to be gathering at the pregnancy clinic uh, here in town that does amazing work. Uh, We'll be able to find out more about them. Uh, more about what they do. We'll be able to pray together uh, with the staff there. And it's just a great opportunity to support a great ministry that's in town. Um, And I I stand before you, and I know the question has come up, and I know you might be wondering, like, why am I here talking to you as a man about the pregnancy clinic? (laughs) I get that. Uh, So my answer to you, um, there's a lot of answers to that question about why I'm up here talking to you about the pregnancy clinic. But One of the reasons is is that I know what will incentivize men to come to this, and that is 
donuts. <laughs> so we will be bringing donuts, coffee, uh, and it's a great time to fellowship. It's a great time to learn about uh, what, they, what they do there. It's, a, it's an amazing spot that's doing great work. So we'd love it if you would join us and uh, uh, be good to see you all there. All right, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Just a couple more announcements. Uh, we will have an annual meeting here uh, Saturday, February 26th at 9 a.m., so be sure to put that on your calendars. And lastly, just an update on youth ministry. You know, there's, you guys know there's been a lot of sickness going around, uh, but we've still been doing uh, youth stuff on, on Wednesdays. So just a reminder, we're still doing youth group on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.00. Um, and, you know, we've been going through John, which that's still on the schedule. We're just now taking a little detour through James, uh, and we've been talking about trials. So, uh, um, you know, that's it's a big topic. So we'll be spending the whole month of February um, seeing what God has to say about trials, you know, and how we trust him in the midst of it. So now uh, I'll just pray, and we'll get on with our service. <sighs> Lord, we just thank you that we get to be here. And I know for me, I often take it for granted that we get to meet together. Um, and there's a lot of places where, you know, people's lives are at stake to do that. And so I pray that we would just cherish our time as a church, um, people who love you and want to follow you. And so I pray that this morning you would just stir our hearts. Um, I just pray that we wouldn't um, become complacent with the things that we know about you, that we would be doers uh, of what we know is true of you. So this morning, we just collectively um, just come before you as your people, um, just ready to receive you. And so as we leave today, would we just take that um, into our lives, and we just pray that you would uh, change us uh, in the process. So we love you. We're just thankful uh, to have you. Amen. Thank you, Jordan. All right. Well, good morning. We uh, we did birthdays, and if uh, I don't know if my granddaughter is watching or will watch, but if she was here, she would have raised her hand. We have one grandchild, and it's uh, year number one. Her first birthday is coming up. What was it? February twenty fourth. Is that what you said? So, you know. And I was I was thinking about about her, right? So yes. So, uh, you know, and it's been a joy to watch her, her grow this, this year, right? If you grandparent and, you know, and, and all of that. And, and, you know, I often will tell my, my kids, it's like, you guys, you know, you guys got it good, you know, because oftentimes uh, my daughter will, will FaceTime us almost every morning as Nadine's heading to work and you get to see, you know, just Niala grow up. And I'm like, man, I, our childhood, right? Right, Ernie? The old... Polaroid and you know what what is what what do you know or whatever you were what did you have you had one of those things like this huh like slide thing right Ernie like you went way back right but you remember those days it's like what is the grandchild well let me take a let me take a roll of film and hope I got a good one because I can't look at what it is then you go get it developed right get it developed at a week and then you put it snail mail and then you see, what the, by the time you get the picture, the kid doesn't even look like that anymore because they've grown by like three weeks or four weeks, right? 
And so we're celebrating this and we're enjoying her, her development and she's at this age where she's now able to walk. And you know, how many of you would attest to how exhausting it is when they just learn to walk? But they don't quite understand like choking and electricity and poison, you know what I mean? So everything is like, oh, that looks good, let me taste it, right? And you're just kind of like this. And so her life actually is, you know, she's learning all these new skills and developing, and it's just basically as a parent and as a grandparent, you're like, oh, no touch. You know, you just kind of like shepherd them. But I know at a certain point in my life and your life and you as parents, there's a three-letter question that tends will start to arise, right? Why? Right? And suddenly they start to reason, and you realize I have another human being with self-will in my home, right? And so... At a certain point of development, which is healthy and good, we want to know reasons, right? We, we get it, we understand, and, and sometimes I think that if we don't understand that God gives us reasons for things, we can look at Christianity and following Jesus as just at that stage of development where it's just yes, no, don't touch, right? And then we equate uh, you know, our, our growth or where we are with Jesus based on how we kept score, you know, and some of us are still scorekeepers when it comes to our faith. And if, if, we, if we, you know, did better this week, then, that, then, then we feel good about ourselves. And, and we're just kind of maybe not at that place where we're living in the place of following Jesus because we understand deep whys. The why behind it. Right? In fact, when it, Jesus himself says, what is the deepest, what is the core reason for, for obedience? The why? Love. Right, but if we don't understand that, then we just say, "Well, obedience, Christianity, do's and don'ts," and you know, you just don't get God too mad at yourself, right? And so, if we understand, wait, but the why behind obedience is love, then it really transforms what we call our new covenant relationship into a true relationship, right? And so, we've been looking in Philippians, and you know, Philippians. We'll start uh, in Philippians two fourteen and fifteen. It says this. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. And we spent the last two weeks actually just camped on verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing, right? All things without grumbling or disputing. How many of you, quite, quite honestly, or we, how many of you, based, based on our study of the last two Sundays and understanding what grumbling is, what disputing is, and that all-encompassing all things, how many of you, quite honestly, have been a little more diligent with just catching yourself? Yeah, that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing, right? Now, and so, okay, we take that, but if we don't keep moving forward into the why, then that can just turn into maybe even legalism and, and bondage. Well, do all things without grumbling or disputing or else, right? And we can, we can even turn verse 14 into something that it's not supposed to be because we never move forward into the maturity of, well, why? Why? What, what, what's behind that? Is it just another rule that I shouldn't break or God's going to get mad at me again, right? No. So we're going to move forward today in verse 15, and we're going to look at the why. So we'll read, it, we'll read them both again, if you can um, uh, put them both up. Thanks. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation 
among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, what's really interesting, you can keep that up. There's, there's a word there that I'm guessing many of you, many of us, just went right past, right? And it's the first verse, the first word in verse 15. It doesn't say 15 up there, but it's the word that. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that. That is what's called a term of purpose. That's the reason. That's the why. That connects verse 14 and 15 together. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. And here's the purpose why you shouldn't. It's not just an arbitrary rule. Here's why. Here's the term of purpose. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. You're like, oh, wow. It wasn't just a random commandment from the principle in the sky. There's a reason behind us not grumbling or disputing in anything. There's a purpose, right? That we may be blameless and innocent without blemish. Woo! It's pretty weighty. It's pretty weighty. And, and Charles Spurgeon says this. He goes, live so that as in Tertullian's age, men may say as they did in his time, such and such a man is a good man, even though he is a Christian. The heathens thought the Christians the worst of men, but were compelled to confess them to be the best, even though they were Christians. We cannot be blameless if we murmur and dispute, for such things naturally lead to sin. Our lights cannot shine if instead of trimming them, we occupy ourselves with blowing out the lamps of others. It's powerful. Just by not doing two things, not grumbling, not disputing, there is a significant impact on your testimony and our testimony as a church. As a church, right? So it says blameless. And, and if you look at these words, it's like that you may be blameless and innocent. You're like, wow, how is that even possible? Right? That word blameless means faultless, without defect or blemish. Now, now, when we go through this list of blameless, innocent, and without blemish, let me, let me tell you what it doesn't mean, just so you don't get all, we don't, you know, time. it doesn't mean sinless perfection. That's, there's only one sinless, perfect person ever, and that was Jesus, right? So it does not mean sinless perfection. In fact, what we really mean, what we're going to say is it really means your bent, your aim, your goal. Okay, so blameless means it's the idea that we live in such a way that we eliminate the possibility of a rightful charge being brought against us or the church. There is no legitimate grounds for accusation. Okay, charges without grounds cannot be substantiated or maintained. So I want to look at my life. If I'm going to be blameless, what I'm doing is it's a heart, it's a desire, it's a passion of my life. Like, Lord, I want to live every area of my life. And in fact, this is right now, it's just grumbling or disputing, but every area of my life so that someone looking at my life, a non-believer, doesn't have any valid grounds to accuse me of something, and ultimately the church. Okay, that's a heart issue. Am I going to get it right all the time? No, but if I'm aiming for that, that's my passion, that's my goal, and if that is truly my goal, my life will follow. Okay, that's what that means. Innocent means without mixture, sincere, There's a word picture, it's a wine unmixed with water or metals that have remained pure, okay? And that really uh, reflects your motive. 
So blameless is, Lord, don't let me do things that would justify accusation, and I wanna be innocent in my heart. I wanna be pure in my motives and my character. James Draper says this, innocent means unmixed, unadulterated. It It was used in the Greek language to refer to pure wine without any mixture of water in it. When it refers to us as human beings, it describes unmixed living, unmixed motives. Some appear to be spiritual in order to achieve a certain goal. We as Christ's children are to conduct ourselves so that we are above censure, so no accusation can be raised against us. We must have unmixed lives that are not filled with compromise. There must be no question about our motives or actions. This is, this is coming, this is a heart. This is a heartbeat, right? What do we know about scripture? It says guard your heart because out of it flow everything. He's talking about a core foundational passion and aim of your life, okay? Gene Getz says this. It means to live in such a way that people cannot point a finger of criticism and accuse a Christian of violating principles he believes in. The important thing is that this kind of lifestyle is to be a dynamic Christian witness to those in darkness. Okay, so again, don't turn this into a legalistic new 2022 version of the Old Testament law. We are not talking about that, okay? Because that was dealt with at the cross, amen? Okay, what we're talking about is a new covenant relationship with God through faith in Christ that actually, remember, God changes our desires and then he empowers us what? To live a life that's blameless and innocent, amen? See, what it, what it, what it, as I was studying this, what, what I've seen in all the years of ministry is that oftentimes we as believers with the best of intentions and nothing, not, nothing necessarily wrong with it, we get caught up with just the things of life, the responsibilities, the bills, the kids, the job, the future, retirement, dealing with the pandemic, dealing with this, this. And, and it's things that we have to deal with. And what happens is we get so consumed with it over time, it's like a frog in the kettle thing, that over time we forget what our true heart and passion should be as we do it. As we go through life, as we do the mundane routine things of life, the ups and downs, our heart and desire should be to be blameless and innocent. So that as we live our lives, anyone looking in would be pointed to Jesus. Amen? If you're going through something right now, it's not just that I'm going to get through it with God. It's how I get through it with God and others watching me and listening to me is the testimony. Because there are people watching us and listening that we have no clue. We have no idea. And it's, much of this verse, the heart of it is, how are you doing it? What are your motives? What's your desire? Okay? That's what, really what we're talking about. And, and again, many of us just kind of get caught up in the stuff of life and forget the bigger picture. 1 Timothy 2. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Okay? Barclay says this when he talks about children of God without blemish. This word is specially used in connection with sacrifices that are fit to be offered on the altar of God. The Christian life must be such that it can be offered like an unblemished sacrifice to God. Again, this is not, 
I'm going to put myself under the microscope, and every time I blow it, oh, what a lousy Christian. Oh, I'm so horrible. Oh, God must be mad at me again. No, what the, you got to flip it. 180, and you say, thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, I'm a new creation. My passion, my desire is to live my life as if it could be offered to you at any moment. Amen? That gives us passion. That, that's a vision. That's a vision. Rather than just getting through life and getting through another month, another bills, I'm like, Lord, I want to live in such a way that my life honors and glorifies you, that it could be presented to you without blemish. Now, how many here would be honest that there are maybe just a few blemishes in your life? <laughs> well, what do we call that? Sanctification. Remember? Philippians 2, work out your salvation, which is what? A word picture of a math problem to conclusion. God knows we're in process. God knows we have blemishes, right? Are you sitting next to someone who could actually tell you your blemishes? Isn't that, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how we can see the blemishes in other people? So much easier than, right, honey? Right? Isn't that weird? So... So please, don't turn this into like this legalistic, I'm horrible, I blew it again. No, when God shows you a blemish or something in your life, he just says, work on it. And in context, he just said what? Start with disputing and grumbling. And so if you have improved just by being more aware and you've caught yourself, how many of you literally in the last two weeks have caught yourself and maybe had to bite your tongue because you knew you weren't to grumble or dispute? Victory. You should be celebrating that. You should be celebrating that. Because there's someone in that circumstance, there may be someone who is just waiting for you. Because they, they know you. And suddenly you might have, by not doing that, you might have pointed someone more to Jesus. Because they're like, wait. But, wait, what happened to Bobby? I know that. I know those circumstances would have sent him. But it didn't. Hmm, right? Just by our life, if you get someone just by your life, choices to go, hmm, that's victory. Because down the road, they might ask you after a few, hmm, you know what they might do? Say, hey, what's up, man? You're not the same guy. I've noticed in the last year, it could take a year, okay? That's the power behind this, okay? So don't turn it into, into legalistic, you're horrible because you have blemishes, right? In fact, just a reminder, Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Great launching pad, right? Justification, again, just a reminder, if you're a believer here, you have been justified. What is justification? A once and for all legal declaration by God the judge, which says, not guilty, fully righteous. Don't, don't forget that. So if you're a believer, your name is written in the book of life, but we can go forward with passion because we have been declared not guilty, fully righteous. Not only are you not guilty, you are clothed positionally in the righteousness of Christ right now. Which means what? As you sit here with your human blemishes, spiritually, God sees you as righteous as Jesus. I, 
I don't know, Bill. That's like an amen moment to me. But that's just me. That's just me. Okay, we got to, right? Because, see, we're so wired for performance and achievement that right now when I say, hey, you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ and God is, could not be more pleased with you positionally because you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, you're like, yeah, but I said a bad word yesterday. And I grumbled. And See, you go right to all the negative, but we have to learn to live in the spiritual truth of who we are in Christ. And when you really believe that, then you become inspired and enthused to just live that out. You see, you're already complete. You're already fully righteous. We are to just live that out. But we flip that, and we just live in the world of less than. Half empty. I blew it again. No. Flip that. Not guilty, fully righteous. I'm guessing somebody here, maybe at home, you needed to be reminded today. In Christ, right now, you have been declared not guilty. You're fully righteous. Now, in Romans, when we talked about the grace of God, see, the, the non-believers and everyone who was wondering about the craziness of the grace of God, that's why they said, well, should we keep on sinning? They understood, like, wait, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Paul, you're saying that if I put my faith in Jesus, I'm declared not guilty, fully righteous. I'm in. Nothing can change that. And he's like, yes. Game changer. Game changer. But a lot of us, even in 2022, we still have put on the law, our own, a law of our own making. And it's the law of you blew it again. It's the law of what's wrong with you. We just need to flip that, get rid of that, and say, you know what? I'm not guilty. I'm fully righteous. I'm just going to go do that. <laughs> I'm just going to live in freedom. I may blow it. I may have some blemishes, but I'm, just, I'm, still, I'm forging ahead in freedom. I'm forging ahead in freedom, right? Dale. I, I just thought of Dale, and Dale and I have enjoyed golf, and just kind of like thinking, if you've ever played golf, you know what one of the, the things that will kill your swing is what? Tension and fear, right? Because you're trying. I'm really going to hit this. I'm going to longest drive ever. And you tense up, and you, your mind's like, okay, wait, ball position, grip, right? And you, you go into all this stuff, and then you get really, and you tense up, and you, I'm going to crush it. And you either hit the ground, <laughs> or you go this way, but you are trying so hard to crush it. Whereas you know if you play golf, you got to have a loose grip. You hold it just enough, and it's fluid. You got to turn this off. And you let the muscle, and you just, it's fluid. Well, some of us are crush it Christians. I'm going to crush it today. I'm going to crush it. Want to know Jesus? Come to my church. We crush it at the well. We crush it. Versus, hey man, you want to know Christ? I'm a new creation, kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. I can't explain it either. You know, I mean, uh, Jordan, I'm going I'm to out Jordan. You know, he, he did a good job on base today, right? Jordan, I'm going to out you, bro, because I just got to. You know when you learn to play base? Thursday. Yeah. Yeah? 
he, he came in, and uh, we, were gonna, we rehearsed Thursday afternoons, and we're just talking before the rest of the team arrived, and he's like, oh, yeah, and I was saying, hey, let me just show you, let me show you the, the open string notes, and, and so we were just goofing around, and, and he has a heart for God, and he's learning drums and keys and all this, and taking a music class at VC, and I'm like, why don't you just, and so he and I, for 30 minutes, were playing this set, and I'm like, why don't you just stick around for rehearsal? And he was like a kid in a candy shop. You should have seen him on Thursday. He was so excited, and, and the drums, and he's playing, and he's just a part of something, right? He wasn't trying to crush the bass. He's like, you know what, I don't know, I, okay. I'm just going to try to stay on beat, just, you know, just tap, because he knows beat, and he's, you know. You know what's funny? You know why he picked up bass so well? Because he's good at video games. You know those video games when you got to do stuff with music and the beat and all that? Yeah, who knew? Lay a foundation to lead worship. But, but see, Jordan, and we were just joking before service when we were tuning. Like five minutes before service, I leaned over and I said, dude, isn't this kind of crazy that we do this? And he like, I was like, I know it's kind of crazy. We're about to lead worship. I know it's kind of crazy. It's nuts. If they only knew how crazy this is for, for me and him, right? I want to encourage you, be free in Christ. He's given you gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you abilities. Not that, not that you're going to be up here 72 hours later having learned the basic notes, but there might be something else in your life. But we got to get rid of this, I'm going to crush it, and I'm going to crush it for Jesus, and I got this, to like be in the spirit. Be in the spirit, be in the spirit and you know, in, in golf they say grip it and rip it. Well, in your, in your Christian life, you just got to sometimes grip it and rip it. You hold on to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and you rip it. You let her fly. You let her fly. And that's, that's joyful, amen? Right? That's the joy of like learning to ride the bike. How many of you, when you were a kid, you learned something, but it took quite a while? But when you failed, it was fun. How many of you remember when failure was fun? A skateboard, a bike, right? Whatever it was, you were just like, oh, man, that was so, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Right? Let's do it again. And you had this thrill, and you were, in, you were alive. And you were like, hey, I finally learned to do this. Well, somewhere along the line, it's weird. As adults, we're like, oh, don't mess up. What are they going to think about you? You should have known better. Right? And then we carry that into the church, and we get so stifled. We get stifled. We're, we're afraid of man. We're afraid of failure. What are people going to think about us? And rather than gripping and ripping with the power of the Holy Spirit, we're... We're going to crush it for Jesus. Okay? So just be free. That's, so don't turn this around because it's really, these are verses that you could really flip and be in bondage, right? In fact, Ephesians 4.1, we looked at this when we went through that book. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul again, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Again, don't let that word worthy like you have to earn something. What, it, what that means, again, is it's a scale, and he says, hey, this is what I want you to do, Christians. I want your beliefs to match your behavior. I want your creed to match your conduct. That's living in a manner worthy. That's a heart because I want to be blameless and innocent without blemish. Same thing. Just let your creed match your conduct. Okay? Just let your behavior match your beliefs. That's what he's talking about. In freedom. 2 Corinthians 5. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Again, there's the heart, our aim to please him. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due uh, for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So there is accountability as believers, okay? But is it your aim to please him? First Peter 1. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Again, another word that can, you can twist. Oh, holy. Holy. Anybody here holy? He's like, I don't know. This is a setup question again. Right? Okay, this is one of those questions. He always asks something, but you know. Okay, the word holy is the same word where we get saint. It means to be set apart for a special purpose. That's to be holy. You're set apart for a special purpose, for God's purpose. But it's also the word where we get saint. So if you're a believer, the Bible calls you a... Positionally, you are a... Turn to the person next to you and say, you didn't know you were sitting next to a saint. Go ahead, saint. Saint whatever. Good morning, Saint Ernie. Saint Betty. <laughs> right? It's weird because everyone on this side of the mic, they're the holy saint ones, right? Over and over there, you're still trying to attain sainthood. Right? The crazy thing, in Christ, you have been set apart for God's purpose. You are set apart. You are holy and you are a saint. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Just live that. It's who you are already. You are holy. You are a saint. And this verse is just saying, go do that. Go do that. Now, how many of you still, I've just talked about it for a couple of minutes. How many of you still are trying to wrap your mind around that you are a saint in God's eyes? How many of you, honestly, you're still struggling with that? Be isn't that kind of weird? Like, and it might, might have to do with your uh, religious traditions and upbringing. I get that. Okay, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and, you know, saints were someone else other than me, right? The, the, the very few chosen. But in the new covenant, we are saints. In the new covenant, we are holy because we have been set apart for God's purpose. Okay, amen? Right. All right, so Philippians 2, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So not only are we saints, not only are we holy, not only are we justified, we are lights in the world. We are lights in the world. And, and it's, it's interesting because I thought of this, this 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 morning in our leadership meeting. I've used this before in series on the church. And maybe some of you have seen these before, right? We're going to kill the lights. So you see there's a light there. And I love this because at the end, right, you see the little, I don't know if you can see it there. You see? You see the lights there, right? You know what this is? This is the church. And you know what this is? Sunday service. And then you know what happens Monday through Saturday? This. But on Tuesdays, some of you do this because you're online. And on Wednesdays, some of you do this. And some of you have coffee, so there's two or three of these that get together. 
right? We are lights in the world. We are light. It just so happens on Sunday we do this, and we enjoy being together, thing we call church, but these verses say, hey, you know what? There's a world out there that needs you to do this. Okay, now we gather in various components, but this is Sunday, and this is when we're not here. And there's value in that, right? You are light. Thank you, Isaac. And so that is the church. That is us already. So it's not a question of are you the light. The question is how light are you, how's your light shining? How, how are you doing in shining in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation? Okay? Ephesians 5.8. You are the light of the world. Actually, that's Matthew. You are the light of the world. The world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see how that, this one verse passage right here, it gives meaning to every day. Let your light so shine before men. Whoever you come in contact with, not that they glorify you, but they glorify God. Okay? In context, go back to no grumbling, no disputing, but in every every life. Ephesians 5.8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So here's the thing. When you leave here, if you're going out to lunch somewhere, go be light. Well, what do you mean? Well, just smile and be nice to the person who serves you. That's being light. Right? It's just how you carry yourself. Be light. You're a saint. You're holy. You're justified. Your name is written in the book of life. Just go be free. Amen? Just go bless people today. That's being light. I love this quote. There are two kinds of Christians, those who whine and those who shine. Are you seeking to let your light shine so to others around you? Then conquer complaining. Avoid arguing. Regain rejoicing. Amen? If you want to shine, really the key is rejoice. A lot of us rejoice in who you are in Christ as you sit here. As you sit at home as a believer, there is so much negativity, so much negativity in our culture. Whatever you're listening to, whatever you're reading, whoever you're talking, there's so much negativity that it's killing rejoicing, even in the church. We're replacing rejoicing with just, I got to crush it and I'm going to fight and I got to do, 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 What we really need to do is just shine. Just shine because of who you are today, okay? As I was thinking about this shining thing, it was, it was interesting because I thought of uh, fog lights. Now, it's not real popular, but in the 80s, when I was getting my license and everything, remember fog lights, you know, we're on the cars, right, either up top or down below, right, versus the headlights, and, and you don't really see them too much anymore, but, but fog lights are interesting because they have two purposes. One is, you know, they, they, go, they actually go below the layer of the fog, which is a little bit, so they can actually help you see, like, right in front of your car. But I didn't really know that the, the second purpose of fog lights was so that you were more visible. I always thought, oh, fog lights, they, it's not the glare. There's two purposes. One, to help you right in front of your car, but two, so that in conditions of very poor visibility, others can see you. And I love that. Because... There's a fog of a fallen world right now. And a lot of people are having a hard time seeing God. 
and seeing hope and seeing peace and truth. You've heard of the fog of war, right? Fog of war is the uncertainty and the chaos that happens in the midst of a military operation, right? As soon as it starts, there's the fog of war. People are just, I don't know what's going on. It's chaos, it's uncertainty, it's fear. Well, there's a fog of spiritual war and there's a fog of a fallen world. And in one sense, we need to be like spiritual fog lights that make Jesus more visible. Right? You're around people all the time who are just in a fog. Now, they don't know it. They wouldn't call it that. They're just caught up with the things of the world. But they're having a hard time seeing Jesus. And they're going to see Jesus as we make Jesus more visible. Amen? Because it's the fog of war right now. And there's, there's poor visibility out there, okay? There's a German philosopher who uh, this quote is attributed. It says, show me your redeemed lives and I might be inclined to believe in your redeemer. Show me your redeemed lives and I might be inclined to believe in your redeemer. You see, we're to, we're to be lights, not so that people look at us and say, man, Bobby, you're so good. No, it's like, so they see Jesus, our Redeemer, okay? And so uh, John eight twelve, Jesus says, again, I, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We're pointing people to Jesus, right? John fifteen five, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing, right? And so, we got to go, it's, I'm not the source. Jesus is the source. Amen? Right now, I was thinking about, okay, wait, that's like the moon at night. Right? You look up and you're like, wow, the moon's really bright tonight. Is it the moon? It's the sun. The moon is not emanating light from its own source. What you see is the light from the sun hitting the moon. What people see isn't me, it's Jesus in you, in, in, in us, it's Jesus, amen? We are not the source. When you're looking at the moon, you're really looking at the result of the sun's light hitting it. Question, when people look at your life, do they see the result of the S-O-N in your life, the sun? We're to reflect Jesus' character that's why it's not about crushing it in my own flesh. It's about I want to abide in him so I bear much fruit, which really means I reflect him. I just reflect him. Right? And so in my office, I have one of these on my desk. Now, as many of you may, if you're a parent or a kid, remember these little stars? Anyone have these on your ceiling in your bedroom? Right? right? These are these little glow-in-the-dark stars. Right? And I have one of these on my desk because this message and this verse and many of these passages remind me that what I do as a pastor is not about me. I'm just to reflect Jesus. I just get to do this on this side of the mic. But this is no different than you. You're, we're all this. Now, if you don't know much about these glow-in-the-dark stars, what do, you, what do you have to do in order for this to glow? It's got to be next to light. And then... It gets whatever it gets from the light, however this thing, and then when you turn off the light, then it glows, right? 
And I have this on my desk because it reminds me I got to abide in Jesus. Every day, if I'm going to reflect him. This is us. You have to abide in him. You got, you got, he is the source. There's nothing in this that powers light. He is the source. Amen? And so, you know, I'm a very tactile learner, and I like to do the same for you. There is a basket of these in the back of all sizes. Some are little, some are this size. A few are this size, so if you really want a big one, you got to hurry after church. <laughs> okay, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you permission because we got a bunch of them, and if we need more, we'll order more. There's ones of little sizes because some of you might, might need to take more than one. Because some of you might need to shine and put it on your dashboard because your driving needs a little more blemishing removal. <laughs> Why are you like, you looked at like, he's like, right? Or whatever, put it, put it by your, your mirror in your bathroom, just a reminder. Put it, wherever you got to be reminded that you have to abide in Jesus so you shine, take them. Uh, this is how I learned, this is a great reminder. There, there for you, there's a basket. Just, it's just a reminder that we're light in the world and we're to shine. But it's, we're not the source, he's the source. So wherever you need to take one, that's fine. Take more, put it wherever you think it's strategic to remind you that we abide. That we abide. And then in context, we, what's the starting point? Just don't grumble and dispute. But how many of you knew, have you been trying, that you need the, a miracle of God even to not grumble or dispute, right? It's taking the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's this. You're already glowing more because you're abiding, you're aware, you're resting in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and so as we wrap up and before we do communion, just take a moment. How's your light? How have you been shining just this past week? What are the, what are the things in your life or my life that are kind of dimmers, that are kind of like, you know, need to be dusted off, need to, right? What's affecting your light that maybe you need to just put off? Maybe this will be a help. This will be a reminder, right? Maybe, maybe to get your light shining again, you need to stop trying to crush it. And you need to just release. You need to come back. Maybe with the best of intentions, you slid into a self-made law and it's been a burden and a bondage and it's killed your joy and you need to come back to justified, holy, saint, name Rick in the book of life and you go, woohoo! I'm good to go, amen? I mean, like, you're good to go. At the deepest level, at the eternal level, like if, if this was the day you leave this planet, you're good to go. Amen, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, you're good to go. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, sometimes I have to be reminded that you're good to go, that I'm good to go. Because I'm my own worst critic, and there's always stuff around here to be doing, and there's always things I could have done better, and shoulda, woulda, coulda. How many of you tend to live in shoulda, woulda, coulda land? Right? When the truth is, as you sit here in Christ, you're good to go. You're good to go. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ equals good to go. So when we leave here, we just go be good to go. And if someone at the restaurant says, dude, why you got that smile on your face? You just say, bro, I'm good to go. 
what does that mean? <laughs> you got some time, you know? If you're good to go, you're good to go. But there's a devil who called the accuser who's going to remind you of your past, who's going to keep throwing it up. And there's us that live in performance land and you just by faith have got to receive that you are good to go. And if you're good to go, you'll rejoice and you'll shine. Even with all your blemishes, you'll be shining. And then I was thinking, you know what? It kind of reminds me of that little kid song. Because it's so funny, sometimes as we get really, we get older in the Lord and we grow up and all those songs, it's really good for kingdom kids, right? But there's that one song, you remember? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Right, right, right. Oh, Ernie got the hand motions. You went to next level. You went to next level there with the hand motions, right? Right? Why is that for the kids? Why did we tuck that away for VBS? Who is that for? Right? This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, we got thumbs here. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it. 2022 has arrived. I'm let it shine. We had him. And we went there. We had to bring in the technology. We couldn't, we had to move out of the 60s and 70s. And we went right to 2022 with the iPhone. Right? We have the privilege to do this right now. And in a little while, we're going to dismiss and we're going to go do this. Because there's a world in darkness that needs us to be this. The light of the world. Amen? So, Father, thank you. Thank you that we get the privilege to be lights. It is a privilege. It is a joy. And, Father, I know we can lose sight of that in the stuff of life. And all that's happening in the country, all that's happening globally, all the way down to all that's happening in our own life, it's easy for our joy just to get squashed. And so my prayer for us this morning is that we would just come back. We are children of God in Christ. We are good to go. We are not guilty, fully righteous. We have been set apart. We are holy. We are saints. And you just want your children to be light so that people can see Jesus. We're going to be around people this afternoon, this evening, this coming week who are in the fog of war the fog of fallenness. And perhaps we're the one at work, in our social circle, wherever, at school. We're the one that makes Jesus visible. And over time, perhaps, they'll come to know Jesus and be good to go as well. So Father, uh, we just want to take a few moments now and just ask you to speak to our hearts. How are we doing with our light? Is our light shining? Are there blemishes we need to confess and put off this coming week? Have we been caught up in crushing it versus just 
rejoicing in Christ, who we are, and then going and just living and being that because we're good to go in Jesus. Wow, we have a lot of people in here, and there's definitely some new faces. Um, now, if you, you know, haven't been here, uh, we do something a little different on the first Sunday of the month. This is our kind of our family Sunday. So, you know, we're church family, we love each other, and we like to celebrate each other. And one of those ways is to sing happy birthday. So how many February birthdays are there in here? We got one. We got Joey. All right. Tyler. All right. So and anybody online, you can raise your hand. You know, we're thinking of you. So, um, you know, in this fashion, we will just sing together. We won't hear my voice. So all of us together as one, uh, let's sing happy birthday. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, you Februarys. Um, and now this time, uh, kids, it's time to be dismissed, so you can head to the back uh, door for Kingdom Kids. There they go. Now, as part of our uh, Family Sunday, you know, there is, and obviously there's a lot of new people here, we want to give you guys ways to connect. So we have a few ways of doing that. One is our welcome card. Uh, there, there's some up here. There's a couple in the back on your way out on the little, inside the little box. Uh, this, you would just kind of fill out your information uh, about you and, again, way for us to connect with you. Another way is the church app. Obviously, it, it would, you know, it's on your phone. It's mobile. It's another good way. It's even here, you know, messages that we've, you know, had in the past. You can see events that are coming up. Um, and, again, you can be on our church email list, again, so you can have updates, things that are happening here at the well uh, and things like that. So, be sure to get these if you want to fill them out on your way out, um, and you can just drop them off in the actual box uh, there uh, if, when you guys leave. Um, and now, I think Betty has an announcement for us. Good morning. I just want to share with you about Bible study. If any of you are not in Bible study now, I would love to have you come join us. Tomorrow, we are just be, we are going to be studying this little tiny book that has got so much in it and it's just asking God it's saying yes to Jesus and it is just a wonderful book so that's what we're doing tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the commons and then on the 14th we will be studying the book learning to live and love like Jesus and I've gone through the first two chapters and I just love it so we would love to have all of you, anyone that's not in Bible study, please come join us. Good morning, everybody. I am here to invite you. Uh, this Saturday at 10 o'clock, we're going to be gathering at the pregnancy clinic uh, here in town that does amazing work. Uh, we'll be able to find out more about them. Uh, more about what they do. We'll be able to pray together uh, with the staff there. And it's just a great opportunity to support a great ministry that's in town. Um, and I, you know, I stand before you, and I know the question has come up, and I know you might be wondering, like, why am I here talking to you as a man about the pregnancy <laughs> clinic? I get that. Uh, 
So my answer to you, um, there's a lot of answers to that question about why I'm up here talking to you about the pregnancy clinic, but one of the reasons is, is that I know what will incentivize men to come to this, and that is donuts. <laughs> so we will be bringing donuts, coffee, uh, and it's a great time to fellowship. It's a great time to learn about uh, what, they, what they do there. It's, a, it's an amazing spot that's doing great work. So. We'd love it if you would join us, and uh, uh, be good to see you all there. All right, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Just a couple more announcements. Uh, we will have an annual meeting here uh, Saturday, February 26th at 9 a.m., so be sure to put that on your calendars. And lastly, just an update on youth ministry. You know, there's, you guys know there's been a lot of sickness going around, uh, but we've still been doing uh, youth stuff on, on Wednesdays. So just a reminder, we're still doing youth group on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8. Um, and, you know, we've been going through John, which that's still on the schedule. We're just now taking a little detour through James, uh, and we've been talking about trials. So, uh, um, you know, that's it's a big topic. So we'll be spending the whole month of February um, seeing what God has to say about trials, you know, and how we trust him in the midst of it. So now uh, I'll just pray, and we'll get on with our service. Lord, we just thank you that we get to be here. And I know for me, I often take it for granted that we get to meet together. Um, and there's a lot of places where, you know, people's lives are at stake to do that. And so I pray that we would just cherish our time as a church, um, people who love you and want to follow you. And so I pray that this morning you would just stir our hearts. Um, I just pray that we want to um, become complacent with the things that we know about you, that we would be doers uh, of what we know is true of you. So this morning, we just collectively um, just come before you as your people, um, just ready to receive you. And so as we leave today, would we just take that um, into our lives and we just pray that you would uh, change us uh, in the process. So we love you. Just thankful uh, to have you.